Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The fan. So, the Giants aren't going to the Super Bowl? I guess... I guess it's not 2007 or 2011 again. And, you know, that was a, a little, how do you say, dose of reality, rude awakening. Now, I'm not going to be the one to sit here and say, I told you so, because I don't think that that would be right. Giant fans don't want to hear that. And most of them, most of them don't deserve to hear that. But you have to understand, there's... A reason why people like myself were saying that the Giants couldn't win the Super Bowl this year, or it would be impossible to fathom them playing in the championship game this year. And the reason is because they weren't that good. And it's not a knock on the Giants. Matter of fact, I think it's a testament to Joe Shane, Brian Dable, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Adoree Jackson, Dexter, all the players who had a great impact on this season to a point where they get to the postseason and then go out there and have an impressive wildcard game and win a playoff game on the road, advancing to the division around. That makes it a great season, any which way you slice it. But it became this feeling of, well, they did it in 2007, they did it in 2011, they're going to do it again. And while there was clearly momentum on the Giants' side and an unknown about Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts and them coming off the bye, that was all quickly put to bed. And you saw why the Giants got spanked by the Eagles in the regular season game that mattered. You saw why the Giants only won one divisional game this year. There was a clear disparity in talent. Now, the Giants' division happens to be pretty good. Obviously, Philadelphia was the best team in the NFC all year long. The Dallas Cowboys are a solid team, although they have their own issues. But the Giants were not built to go to the championship game. Matter of fact, they weren't built to go to the divisional round, but they ended up there. And if you read, I guess you don't have to read between the lines. Just listen to what Joe Shane and Brian Dable said yesterday afternoon in their season-ending press conference. You know, it's hard to get to where they got to. Just because the Giants made the playoffs this year, won a wild card game, and made it to the division round, does not mean that next year it is guaranteed that they get back to the same spot or go further than that. It's not guaranteed. Matter of fact, it's very unlikely. Because you have to remember, this is still year one. We are now entering year two of this new regime. 
Now, with all that being said, what happens next year and the results and, and, and all that stuff, whether it's going to be disappointment or what are the expectations, the Giants are in great hands with Joe Shane and Brian Dave. I don't think anybody is going to debate that. And while some of us, myself included, may have gotten caught up in Joe Judge in year one and you know maybe it was a product of it was better than any of the other crap that we had seen for so long, it's different now. It's real. And when you listen to what Joe Shane says, the way he talks about building a team, where he's talking about, yeah, we want Saquon Barkley back, but we got money that we need to allot for, you know, to build a full team. We can't just be paying running backs a certain amount, and obviously they're going to have to pay Daniel Jones, and you know they want him back, and the quarterback takes priority. Have to rebuild the offensive line. It was solid this year. It could be better. Have to rebuild the defense. There were some bright spots. Thibodeau, Lawrence, you know, Leonard Williams up front, Adoree Jackson. They need linebackers desperately. They could upgrade the secondary as well. I mean, look at it. They can upgrade pass rush. You can, always, you can never have enough of that. They need to build a team. And everybody gets caught up in, oh, oh, they need the, they need the number one receiver. Oh, they need the t-. No, no. Yeah, of course they could use one. Joe Shane himself said it best. They, yeah, you'd love to have a number one receiver, but you got to be careful. Look around at a lot of number number one receivers that are on teams that are home that didn't make it as far as the Giants did without one. You have to build a team. And I have full trust, and this is, I think, the best thing you could say about any organization. I have full trust that Joe Shane and Brian Dable will do so and will do so successfully. They will build a good, well-rounded football team. A smart football team. A tough football team. Because the foundation has been set. And any way you slice it, and I know there are Giant fans are going to be ticked off at the embarrassment that was Saturday night. You know, you get all pumped up all week long, coming off the Minnesota game, going into Philadelphia, really starting to believe. Because that's what you do as a fan. You let yourself believe. That's what I'm here for, to bring a dose of reality to the situation. But as a fan, you let yourself believe that you're going to go down to Philly and win that football game. And then the ball gets kicked off and you realize, "Uh uh-oh, we're not as good as this team. And just because of the score, the lopsided victory, whatever you want to call it, doesn't mean Giant fans should feel down. Not every year is going to end in an unlikely Super Bowl run. Not every year is going to end in a... Super Bowl appearance. Not every year is going to have you win the division. You can still have great seasons without all of that. And the Giants did. Now, if they would have lost in the wild card round, it would have been a good season getting into the postseason this year. But it wouldn't have the same feel as winning a playoff game and giving you that extra week. Moving on to playing the divisional round. Should they have been there? You know, did the Giants belong? I mean, they, they earned the right to play there. I don't think they stacked up at all with any any of the other teams that were in the division round. Now, where that can be dangerous is, like I said before, and you heard Joe Shane and Brian Dable talk about it, trying to curb Giant fans' enthusiasm. You know, maybe that's not the right way to put it because they're not trying to take away from the enthusiasm, but just place realistic expectations. Okay, just because we did this in year one does not mean... Next year, we're going to the championship game or Super Bowl. And the year after that, we're winning the Super Bowl. This is, they, this is year one of trying to build 
a sustainable model that you can have to have this team competing at a high level year in, year out. And that takes discipline. It obviously takes smarts. And I think Joe Shane's got both of those attributes. He's smart and he's disciplined. That's a dangerous combination. He showed restraint this year by not making a foolish move to go get a receiver because fans were clamoring for it because it seemed to be that that was an obvious missing piece. There isn't a a wide receiver alive or dead that could have made a difference for the Giants in that game against Philadelphia. No one. That was not their issue. You know, again, it could be upgraded, sure. So could a lot of other areas. But for a year where there were little to no expectations, for a year where it was going to be an evaluation of the new general manager and more so the head coach because with the GM, you know, he had his limitations because of Gettleman and the mess that he left the Giants in, even though he's taking bows. See, I told you. I told you how good this team is. I told you it could have been good. Get lost, you clown. I would hope somebody that got hired to be a GM of a football team in the NFL would be able to hit on a couple of first-round picks, for goodness sake. I mean, my God. Anybody could have took Saquon Barkley number two. The smart move would have been to take, not take him, pass on a running back, and trade down. Anyway, we don't need to rehash that whole thing, but just Gettleman irks me. And if he didn't leave this team in a mess, we wouldn't be talking about the restrictions that Joe Shane had to deal with and the mess that he's trying to clean up. And now, obviously, going into year two of this regime, Joe Shane will be in a better spot. And I'm excited to see how he's going to build this team. And it's not just about closing the gap with the Eagles because you can't focus on one team. And it's really not just about building a team, although they you know, can talk about this, building a team that is going to beat their own division. Now, that is a great measuring stick. You look no further when people say, oh, I told you this team is good, Sal. I told you this team is good. Look at their division record. One win in the division. One. That's not good. But it's not just about building a team that could compete with Philadelphia or building a team that could compete within the NFC East. They need to build a well-balanced, tough team. I mean, it's, it's, it's about trying to build a team that can, yes, sustain success, but ultimately go out there and compete to win a Super Bowl. Because if you have, you know, this were year five, and we're talking about, well, the Giants made the divisional round but lost, it's going to be frustrating and probably unacceptable at that point. In year one, everybody loves it. Year two, all right, what's going on? Year three, hey, clock is ticking. Year four, year five, what the hell are you doing? You don't get this done. We're going to find somebody else. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen. Obviously, I think Dable, I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable are here for the long run. Super Bowl appearance or win or not in five years or whatever it may be. They've already exceeded all expectations in year one. They've shown no reason to have any doubts whatsoever. And the Giants franchise is in great hands. And there's no other way to put it, then that this was as successful a season as you can possibly have without winning it all. 
A lot of fans say, if you don't win at all, it's a bust, or if you don't make the Super Bowl, it's a bust, or whatever. I'm wrong. This was as successful a season as anybody could have imagined for this team. And there's no question that bright days are ahead. Now, like I said, I don't want to say that brighter days are ahead because there may be regression next year. It happens. Let's say they make let's say the Giants win the division next year, make the postseason, but lose in the first round. Or lose again in the division round. Hey, it happens. Hard to get there, as they said, which is frustrating because once you're there, you know how hard it is. You want to try to finish the job. But they weren't ready this year. And let's take a step back. Deep breath, enjoy the season, enjoy the run, and remember, next year is just year two. A long way to go before the Giants become legitimate Super Bowl contenders like the Philadelphia Eagles. 877-337-6666. We'll get into the rest of the divisional round as well. I mean, you talk about a great season for the Giants with no expectations coming in. As great a season as they had, that's as bad a season as the Buffalo Bills had. They suck. I'm tired of hearing about the Bills and all the fake preseason predictions. Oh, the Bills Super Bowl. What could possibly go wrong when everybody in the world preseason is picking Buffalo to win the Super Bowl? Can't even get back to the AFC Championship game. They lose at home. Not only lose at home, they got rolled over by the Bengals. They couldn't stop them. And then Dallas, and you know, you could question Daniel Jones all you want. I'd rather have, and I like Dak, and I like the Cowboys. I was a big believer in them. I've seen enough. I'd rather have Daniel Jones than I would Dak Prescott. You cannot make the throws that he made in that game yesterday or on Sunday now as we turn officially to Tuesday morning. You can't make those throws and expect to compete in the playoffs. It just can't happen. He cost them the game. In a game like that, you cannot make mistakes. Now, Cowboys had some bad luck, too. A couple of tip balls that could have been intercepted their way weren't. But Dak's got to be better than he was. And that's the reason why the Cowboys lost that game. Jacksonville played their hearts out with an injured Patrick Mahomes. But the Chiefs are too much to overcome, which sets up, you know, you get the four best teams in football playing on Championship Sunday. Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, Bengals does not get any better than that. Division around was great, and it sucks now that we only have three games left in the NFL season, but Championship Sunday shaping up to be a special one. Mahomes, and you you look at what he's been able to do, obviously throughout his career, even on the one ankle now, you still expect him to be great, and Burrow, who may be the best quarterback in the NFL. Bengals showed you they are the premier team. And if they beat the Chiefs again, there's no more doubt. Just a matter of time before Joe Burrow and the Bengals start to put together Super Bowl wins, as in multiple. Keep that guy healthy. Look out. And then obviously the other side of things, you may, don't, you may not have the quarterback matchup with Purdy versus Hurts, but Hurts has been a terrific player, arguably an MVP this year. Purdy has been great. But you get two you know, well-coached, solid, tough football teams Good in the trenches, defensively, can run the football. Should be a great NFC matchup as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakana back on the fan. 877-337-6666. Now hold on a second. Giant fans are going to call all week talking about the going to the Super Bowl. Now it's quiet. Now nobody wants to talk about their season and how it went. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it was a great year. I mean, what do you expect? They're running and hiding. It was tweets. It was calls. Sal, you're nuts. They're going to win the Super Bowl. What, what happened? By the way, I was just going through Twitter and saw that Aaron Judge was on Jimmy Fallon uh, tonight. And he had some pretty funny things to say. One, I mean, funny, uh, interesting, whatever. One was that Anthony Rizzo was a big reason, and we all knew that they were friends, but you don't know about the impact that you know it truly has on free agency. Like, if Judge wanted to go to San Francisco with his wife, you think Rizzo is going to get in the way of that? But apparently, Judge was saying that Rizzo was texting him every day, trying to get him to stay here, and texting pictures of their dogs together because apparently their dogs. We're best friends. And look, I mean, uh, if you're a pet owner or a dog owner specifically, you know how much that can mean. Dogs mean the world. But I think that that was pretty cool. And Judge also talked about Jeter getting advice from him and how, you know, Jeter was offering to, you know, go take him to lunch and give him advice on, you know, how to go through the process of being a free agent and the arbitration stuff and all that. Obviously, who knows better then Jeter is the perfect guy for Judge. And then Judge joked, of course, after he signed his deal, Jeter said that you have to take me now out to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So pretty funny from Aaron Judge. Judge was also at the Ranger game last night. Big win for the Rangers at the Garden as they took care of the Panthers with ease. Galant said he wasn't happy with the way the team played, but they won 6-2 and you know looked good in doing so. Some lines were changed. They went back to kind of what they did last year going with the kid line, which I know Heedle talked about being excited to be back on that line. Look, I'm sure it's not going to stay the same. They're going to change things up. Same thing with the top line with Kreider, Zabinijad, and Panarin. You know, the same stuff as well there, where you saw it have success last year. Why go away from that? But they've been messing around this year, trying to get this team to get to another level, which eventually they're going to have to get to. But either way, a nice win for the Rangers. And now, with football season officially being over in New York. The Giants gave us a great run. With football season officially being over, we now turn our attention to the Rangers and a little bit of the Knicks. I know the Knicks have some big games. The Cavs you know, tonight, I believe, at the Garden. And then they have the Celtics, the Nets this week as well. So, you know, look, I know that they're not very good and it's hard to get really excited about them. But this is it now until baseball. 
And we've got championship week, and it'll be fun to talk about that, whatever team you root for, whatever teams you're going to be betting on or watching. But you know, now we turn our attention to a little bit of hockey, a little bit of basketball, and obviously start to get warm with the feelings of spring training not that far away. And I don't know what you guys are going to do uh, starting February 3rd, but I am out of here. A little vacation for me. I'll be in Aruba, so I don't care what goes on in the world of sports those particular days. Um, I'll be back before the Super Bowl, of course, and then here to stay probably for the next few months, uh, right up until baseball season. But this is where this is where it's kind of depressing when, and it's great that we had a run with the Giants. It's kind of depressing when you think about the football season coming to an end. Three games left. That's it, and one's a glorified exhibition. I mean, it means the most, but it's a glorified exhibition game. Anyway, 877-337-6666. Steve is calling from Charlotte. Steve, what's on your mind this morning? How you doing, man? I love the show. Uh, you know, I'm a long-time Giant fan. It's great to, you know, look back on the season, like you said, and uh, the sting of Saturday isn't so bad. You know, we were totally boys amongst men. And uh, while it was disappointing, the game plan, the whole team really did not play anywhere close to what uh, the expectations would have been for an effort perspective and a game plan perspective. But, you know, after well, digesting everything. What didn't, you, what didn't you like about the game plan? I mean, I don't look at it as a bad game plan. I look at it as they got completely overmatched. I mean, they just weren't very well, I did. good. I mean, I, I, I think the fact that they fell about, you know, fell behind so quickly, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Saquon had nine carries the whole game. Now, I know, that, you know, Dayball likes to be aggressive on that fourth and eight call. I was a little hesitant on that, you know. I, I, I and, but that's his mo, and I, you can't can't second guess the guy. But you know that once we didn't, you know, well, it was over. Get that first right, down. but but let yeah, me play it, devil's it advocate because I didn't like, I, I didn't mind the call because to your point, number one, Dable's been aggressive, so he's going to stick with it. Number two, he knew before we all saw it, he knew they were going to have yeah. a tough time slowing Philadelphia down. So whether right. they punt there or not, and I get you could say, well, they gave him a short field. Yeah, but do you really think it made a difference? No, yeah, probably not. But I guess when you look at, you know, the, I guess you would call it the success of, of Washington when they slowed him down with ball control and, and seeing a bit of a blueprint of how we could potentially do it and the way the D had actually been playing fairly well and getting some key players back, Adoree, and um, mm-hmm. and and that you know I I would have thought that may have come into the game, but it, you know hindsight's really easy to. But the way it, the so. game went, I get what you're saying, Steve. The way the game went, you knew the Giants right. were toast at fourteen nothing. That's not how they they cannot right. play that game. They got to play that game yeah. to where their ball control offense shorten the possessions for the Eagles by shortening the game. Obviously, not make any mistakes. They they have to play right. and, and to beat. That's what they need to do anyway. But to beat Philadelphia, sure. you'd have to, they'd have to do that. They'd have to play a perfect game and hope that Philadelphia doesn't play their game, which Philadelphia did. And that's why you got the combination of Giants not being at their A game and Philadelphia being at their A-plus game, and that led up to the blowout. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, as disappointing as that was, you know, it was a great season. And, um, you know, moving forward, I, I'm super excited the direction that, you know, uh, shown it, Shane and um, Dable, yeah, taking this team, and um, you know, I think it is key to bring back Daniel Jones. I, I do like him. I think 
the improvement that he showed over this year uh, was drastic, and I think obviously that can, can be contributed to the coaching and putting him in, in good positions. I think he has some of that talent that you're looking for from a run perspective. He's big body. Um, he's improved that. I think he's worth keeping. And I think, uh, you know, part of it, I think early on people were thinking, you know, the success was, you know, we're, we're, we're victims of our own success in the sense that at the QB position, everybody was looking at the draft. And now where we are, I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he has what it takes to, you know, complement this team and, and allow it to be successful. And I love the perspective, like you said, you know, it's, it's more than just a QB. It's going to take all facets of the game. You know, I am curious to see if they'll be able to sign Saquon. Um, you know, I, I heard their their talks broke down during the season, whether that's an Right, they're far apart. You know, but, right. It, so, but, you know, and, and that is an important part of the game. And I, I think it would be great to have him back, but I wouldn't be shocked if we if we did lose him. And it might not, uh, it might not be the worst thing, even though, and, right. th- and thank you for the call, Steve. I appreciate checking in. Even though... You would hate to lose Saquon Barkley. He has been an excellent face of this franchise. He's an explosive player, great guy, high character. So it would suck to lose him, but if you're going to have to pay him to a point where it's going to hurt you from building the other more important areas of the football team up, then you have to let him go. And I think that's basically what Joe Shane said. We want him back, but... It can't come at a cost to where we're overpaying for a running back. You just can't do it. When you look around at the field, and by the way, to your point about Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones will be back. It's just a matter of what number he's going to be back at. But that may also be an advantage for this Giants team to where you don't have to pay a quarterback $40 bucks and eat up that much of the cap space. You can get solid productivity from Daniel Jones He plays the position well. He fits this offense well. They said he's done everything that they asked. Now they may have to ask him to do a little bit more if they want to get to other levels. But Daniel Jones has done everything that they asked, and they may be able to get him at a team-friendly deal. He's going to make a lot of money regardless. And if the Giants can convince him to take, not that he'd be taking a lesser contract, but, you know, where his realistic value is. Maybe. You cannot pay Daniel Jones 35, 40 million bucks a year. I'm sorry. Now, they might be able to get him at a good price. And if that's the case, if they could get him at a bargain, and I'm not trying to shortchange Jones, he should get whatever the open market says he could get. He doesn't have to stay here for less. But because of Dable and what they've done, because of the Giants organization, and he really wants to be here, then maybe he does take a little bit less. With the understanding of, hey, we're only doing this so we can build a better team around you. If you want to make the most money and max out every penny possible, then go somewhere else and risk not being the same player or in as good of an organization. If you care about winning and you want to be here in New York, you want to be a lifelong giant, we want you here too. We're going to pay you, but it's just not going to be you know, an absurd, unrealistic contract for what Daniel Jones has been. I think that plays to their advantage as well. But you you have to, if you were to rank the positions or areas of importance 
on a football team, not just the Giants, on any football team. Where would you rank running back? And that's why I think fans get caught up a lot of times in fantasy football. Running backs in fantasy, to me, are first. Top wide receivers are second. And so on. You go on down the line. It's opposite in the NFL. Clearly, you need a good quarterback. But you have to build inside out. It is something I've been saying for years. Not outside in. You do not go get the top wide receiver if you don't have anything else. You do not go take a running back if you don't have anything else. Inside out. Build in the trenches first. Then you bring the other pieces into the equation. I would value O-line. I would value D-line. I would value cornerbacks. I mean, I would value linebacker. Really, I value any position over running backs. It's not a knock on Saquon Barkley. It's it's not a not minimizing what running backs can do or what they mean. Clearly, it's different from you know the '80s and '90s where teams would run thirty plus times a game and you know have those running backs be one have all oh, running back be a workhorse. Now you get two or three guys that can run the football, keep guys fresh. It's a mix. It's obviously not as reliant on the run as the game used to be. So that has impacted things. But even with that, I still just believe in the right offensive system with a good offensive line, you can get great value in a running back late in the draft. Third, all right. Forget, maybe not really, but second, third. Now, you can find guys later in the draft as well. But if you want, use a third-round pick on a running back or a second-round pick on a running back. You just cannot use a top five or even, dare I say, a top ten. I would never do that unless it were what I believe to be the final piece of my team. There's no way I am wasting a top pick on a running back, not to mention that you have to pay them in accordance to that pick, which hurts your ability to build out the rest of the team in a balanced way. That's all. And with the Giants taking Saquon Barkley number two overall years ago, they did it backwards. They were building outside in. Jerry Reese for years, outside in. Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham Jr., all the skill position players. You want to build inside out. Jets tried to do that. And as a matter of fact, they did to a certain extent. You know, obviously, Vera Tucker got hurt this year. Mekhi Becton has been hurt for two years, which is a big problem. But they were trying to build inside out. Build in the trenches. Look at Philadelphia. One of the reasons why they were dominant. I know everybody points to Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Smith and Goddard. Obviously, they have weapons there as well. I mean, they're loaded. That's why they're the best team in the NFC and could potentially go win a Super Bowl. But where they, where their foundation is, is in the trenches. That's where they separate themselves. Other teams have a skilled tight end. They have a skilled wide receiver or two. But it's in the trenches that matter the most. Inside out. And I trust that Joe Shane is going to do that. 
you know, he did a nice job revamping this offensive line, or, or maybe not revamping, maybe that's not the right word, but kind of restructuring slash rebuilding this offensive line this year and making it, you know, remember, Moose and I were talking about this on Sunday when we did the Football Sunday show. The main topic of conversation surrounding the Giants for the last several years, even when Gettleman took over, obviously prior to that as well, but Gettleman took over, his number one thing, oh, we got to rebuild the offensive line, the hog mollies, blah, 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 blah. And he never did. Never. Every year it was Giants offensive line. Daniel Jones is not the problem. It's the offensive line. Saquon Barkley is not the problem. It's the offensive line. They can't run the football. They can't throw it because the offensive line stinks. They need a Giants offensive line. Giants offensive line. Well, that was not the case this year. Now, they're going to have some moving pieces again. You know, you hope Evan Neal could take a step forward next year. They have to add some depth. Feliciano Gates going to be free agents. I mean, whether you bring these guys back or add different pieces in there, how they're going to piece that together. Joe Shane's got to build the offensive line. That, to me, right along with Daniel Jones, are the top priorities for this team, as they should be. And then from there, you start to build outward. O-line, D-line, linebackers, at a corner. But there's definitely great reason for hope with this Giants team. Whereas, you know, you look at the Jets, and I know they still got to find an offensive coordinator, but they have two question marks at the biggest positions, head coach and quarterback. And that's a problem where they did build the right way inside out. They've gotten to the point where they even have weapons running the football, obviously with Garrett Wilson, absolute stud. They've got the defense in place. They need the quarterback. I mean, they need other things too. The offensive line's got to be better and healthier. If not better, healthier. Vera Tucker back, Beckton back, and maybe it will be better because it could get healthy. But you get the point. They need to improve their play. They were not great either. And the defense, too. The defense was good, not as great as everybody thought. But clearly, the one glaring issue with the Jets is the quarterback. Giants don't have that problem. But they have other areas where clearly they need to upgrade. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. Sports happens. Talk about it here. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to call. So we touched on it a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know the Giants got spanked by the Eagles, thirty eight to seven. Not even giving us a game Saturday night. Matter of fact, now I had to work Saturday night afterward on SNY, so I wanted to make sure I watched the game, you know, just in case. And plus, I felt obligated as a part of my job. But in reality, I wish I could have flipped that off at halftime and watched literally anything else. I mean, there was no need to watch that game. That's how bad that was at the half. You knew the game was over, and I'm in the middle of um, watching Rocky, the marathons. Matter of fact, I'm actually in the middle of Rocky 5 right now. I stopped it 
um, because I had to come to work. So I got about 30 minutes uh, or so left in Rocky Five. Um, so I would have liked to go back and watch a Rocky movie or whatever, watch something with my wife. Married at first sight is always a, a, a good uh, thrill. But anyway, I stuck with the Giants game. Uh, and I'll get into more of that Rocky stuff later because I want to rank those movies. As I did during the pandemic when I went and watched them all, I did the Rocky Marathon. I'm going to do it again, and I think I have a new ranking. Anyway, Chiefs and Jaguars started this off. And you know, Jacksonville is going to be a problem. They are well-coached. They are good. Lawrence, obviously, still learning to play the position at the NFL level, but he's got the intangibles. He's got the mental toughness. He's got the confidence to overcome mistakes. You've seen him already in the postseason. What feels like he's had a ton of experience in just these two games. Jacksonville is going to be a problem. And if not for the fumble by Agnew, they could have won that game on the road in Kansas City. An impressive performance, I thought, from Jacksonville. And I get... That Mahomes wasn't 100%, but even with Mahomes out, Chad Henney goes right down the field for a 98-yard drive. Mahomes came back, and he still looked like Mahomes. Yeah, all right, he was a little hampered by that ankle, but he still looked like Mahomes. Anyway, a fun first game there. And then that was it for Saturday, obviously. We've gone over the Eagles and the Giants. And then Sunday, you know, DeMar Hamlin hanging out at, uh, in Buffalo there at the stadium, which was great to see him. And I know people getting caught up in the emotion of Hamlin being there. And you feel bad, and it, it is a reality check where everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's great, he's good to go, he's out of the hospital, he's home. The, re- the reality is he's got a very long way to go to recover. But anyway, with DeMar Hamlin there, you think, okay, maybe Buffalo's going to be fired up to start, get going on early. And right out of the gate, the wind out of the sails with the Bengals just marching down the field. And what was a a beautiful setting where you got Bills, Bengals, divisional round in Buffalo, snow on the ground, t- does not get pretty. Yeah, I was getting even getting a text from my mother. My wife said something. Oh, wow, it's snowing there. That looks so pretty. Everybody was into the snow. The only problem was the Bills didn't show up. It wasn't even a game. That was a destruction for a team that was a wrongful six-point favorite, turns out. They got embarrassed. There are two people that I want to hear from before I say goodbye at 5 o'clock. Brett on Long Island and Omar in Brooklyn. Omar in Brooklyn or the Bronx? I forget. Is it, Omar? it is Brooklyn, right? Yeah, Omar in Brooklyn. I want to hear from both of those guys. The Bills were an embarrassment. Wow. Imagine. You know, it could be worse. I know everybody's going to say, well, you know, they get to the postseason every year. Yeah, but they disappoint. I mean, they got to get over the hump. That's frustrating. Getting to a point where you're expected to win the Super Bowl. Now, the signs were there all year long where they were just not clean, crisp at all. They were never clicking on all cylinders. And even the game against Miami on the prior Sunday where they were huge favorites and almost lost that game. You know, that proved to be more about Buffalo than it was Miami. And I think people thought it was maybe a combo of both. Give Miami credit. They fought hard, tough, whatever, battling, and knocked Buffalo a little bit. But I thought Buffalo would have a bounce-back performance. And I knew early on watching that that I made a bad, bad pick because the Bengals were clearly, clearly the better team. Tougher team, 
better quarterback, better wide receivers, better running backs. They can run the football. And even with a banged-up offensive line, they showed no signs of slowing down at all. It had no impact. Bengals are better in every area. Whatever the Bills' window was is now closed. And Cincinnati is going to be a powerhouse in the AFC for years to come. Last year, they may have, you know, or at least some of us thought, hey, they peaked early or, you know, were ahead of schedule. And maybe they were slightly ahead of schedule. Well, they're on schedule now. And their schedule has Super Bowl championships out in front of it. I don't know anybody that felt after watching that game, and you could see it in the odds, where the majority of people after watching the Bengals manhandle the Bills, where people started betting the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Forget about the AFC Championship game. That is what a Super Bowl winning team looks like. And it's a shame that they couldn't beat the Rams last year because Cincinnati is better. Obviously, they weren't better for that one game. And yes, of course, a different team, but... Cincinnati is, they would have been a worthy champion. I feel like the Rams kind of had a cheap Super Bowl win. And based on this year, that was proven to be correct. But anyway, just a dominating, eye-opening stamp of approval. Letting the world know we are not some fluke from last year. We're as good, if not better, than anybody else. That was that was a statement win by the Bengals on the road in convincing fashion. Taking it to Buffalo early and often in that game. And then, you know, the Sunday night game, or the late game on Sunday, with the Niners and Cowboys. <sighs> Again, the problem with the Cowboys, they may have a lot of talent, but their quarterback has issues. My main concern going into that game, I had two main concerns from a Dallas betters standpoint. Dak Prescott making big mistakes and Maher, the kicker, screwing things up. And Maher wasn't as bad as he could have been, but missing the extra point early on didn't help either. And it does set a bad tone. I get that it wasn't the deciding factor in the game, But missing that extra point did give the Cowboys a bad feel. And, you know, the Niners are just well-coached, excellent defensive team. They can run the football. They have plenty of weapons in the passing game. Their rookie quarterback looks mature beyond his years, way beyond his years. Where you look at Purdy, and he, look, he made some mistakes and was fortunate that Dallas didn't take advantage of him defensively, dropping a couple interceptions or balls that could have been picked, dropping them. But Purdy has been so good for this team. Think about the accomplishment for the San Francisco 49ers to get to the NFC Championship game with your third-string rookie quarterback. I mean, if that doesn't show you that it is about coach and or system first and foremost, I don't know what will. And 
you look at what they were able to do. You know, Mike McCarthy is not a very good head coach. I don't think he's the worst thing, but he's not a very good head coach. Dallas doesn't have any, anything buttoned up. I mean, I know the last drive people are making a big deal of. It was an embarrassment, don't get me wrong, whether it's Dalton Schultz, whether it's that ridiculous Hail Mary play. I mean, it's absurd. But that's not why Mike McCarthy is not a good head coach. He's not a good head coach because the team just is inconsistent. They don't have discipline. They don't respect possessions enough. He's kind of all over the place. He's not buttoned up. Anything but buttoned up. And I want a consistent, buttoned-up approach, a set system where you know what you're going to get. Now, like I said, Dallas was unlucky in that game, but they got out-coached, and their quarterback was terrible. And it's one thing to have an interception or two, but Dak threw, I mean, just an absolutely horrible pick. He's lucky he didn't have more interceptions in that game. And it cost them. I mean, they were right there. It was a tight game all the way. Their defense did the job slowing down the Niners. I mean, until the end where they couldn't stop the run, San Francisco just ran it right down their throats on into the end zone, which was the difference maker. But the Dallas defense did their part. Dak Prescott did not do his. And I don't know how... If you're the Cowboys or a Cowboys fan, you can go into next season feeling any differently about your team. How could you feel differently when you know that Dak Prescott is going to be the quarterback? He's the issue. He's the problem. Obviously, it's not all him. But with McCarthy and Dak, as long as those two guys are there, that's a problem. Because there's going to be question marks to how far they can take you every year. Jerry Jones getting too old for this stuff. No, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news, but he's getting up there. And it doesn't look great either. Imagine that. A guy who can buy anything he wants. Buy anything. Has it all. But he's, I don't want to say dying because that might, you know. Itching, begging just to get to an NFC championship game, just to get back to a Super Bowl. And he thinks he's got the team. But unfortunately for him, I don't think that he does. And it's proven that they don't. We welcome in Marco Belletti right now as he's about to get you updated here. Marco, if you forgot, was a bold prognosticator on Friday morning at 3.40 when we did the perfect parlay picks. Mm -hmm. Not only did you take the Giants plus the points, but you said the Giants were going to win outright. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Many mistakes were made. (laughs) How did... uh, I didn't watch the second half of the game. How did that work out for you? (laughs) You didn't need to. (laughs) Five minutes in, you knew it was... Look, look. And I'll I'll be the first... I'll take a total accountability. I thought going in... 
I thought the Eagles would play a C minus kind of game. You weren't alone, by the way, with the Giants. I thought Hertz would yeah, and whatever. Even if I was, I don't right. care. Right. I if her, I thought Hertz was more beat up than he was. I thought the offensive line with Lane Johnson. I thought the Giants would be able to control the game. And as it got tighter, as the game went on. They'd be able to sneak one out with an A-plus effort and the Eagles playing C-minus because we all know, and this was obvious, that the Eagles are more talented. Right. right. Unfortunately, the Eagles played a B game because I think they have another level. Really? Yes, they do. They have another level than that. They played a B game, which was solid. B, that's B. it? Yeah. And the Giants played an F. And that, now, you, what do you think the Eagles didn't do well enough that you would give them a B? You're I, a tough teacher. No, no, no. I'm saying I think they've got more. That, to me, is a compliment. Like I'm they not, laid off? They, yeah, they okay. played well, but they didn't play to their absolute capability. They could have done more. They didn't need to, right. so they stopped. Okay. All right, that's fair. Different than, like, not playing. Yeah, no, because, I mean, in, in the second half, they allowed the, the Giants to run the football. Right. And I think if they wanted to, they could have stopped it. Right. Like, they, they didn't – the Giants had no chance – when you play an F game, and again, when you can't control the line of scrimmage, and they couldn't control either side of the line of scrimmage, and you get dominated and boat raced by a better team, when it's 14 nothing, that right. game was done. Yeah. There was For nothing them. that was getting bad out of it. Yeah. And the Eagles knew it. And the Eagles knew it, and they put it on cruise control. They tried to, they were smart enough to put their foot on their throat early. Do you have a problem with the fourth, uh, fourth and eighth? Go for it. No, absolutely not. Yeah, There's two neither. reasons. <laughs> One, look, I would have liked it at fourth and three instead of fourth and eight. I yeah. Get it. I, I know. know. I know. Uh, but going forward in that spot, there's two things. One, you're on the road, you're in a spot, you're going to have to make a play. I know that that's a tough one to make, but you got to have to make some plays. Right. And two, and this has been a problem that the Giants have had all season long, you're at the 40-yard line. Your punter stinks. Stinks. Well, right. Well, so what you're going to net 20. Yeah. He's going to punt the ball into the end zone. Guaranteed. And I think they knew that. Now, if you tell me I got a really good punter, I got Jeff Fiegels in his prime, and I'm going to pin you at the three-yard line, yeah, I might take my chances. It's 7 nothing. Let me see if I can get back in this. And I think Brian Dable looked at it and goes, I'm going to get 20 yards? The hell with that. Let's get the first down. And he tried it, and he rolled the dice. And also knowing that, hey, the Eagles, he knew before we saw it that it was not going to be easy stopping the Eagles. I mean, they, they just got ran over on that first drive. Right. He could trust his defense a little bit, but I also think he knew if we're going to win this game, we got to be able to move the football here. And we're going to put up major points. They, they knew right. if they were going to win the game, they're going to have to put up at least 30. Right, and you're also in that spot. You're, it's, early on enough, uh, it's early enough in the game to where you're showing confidence in both, right. both your offense and defense. Correct. And what happened, unfortunately, both let him down. The offense didn't convert. Defense gave up the touchdown right away. And again, not only did the defense get carved all night, the one thing that they did a good job of, I granted it was the backups, but the Eagles struggled in the red zone. Now, part of that was Hurts was banged up, but they couldn't finish the Giants off that that last game of the season, which you don't put a lot into it, but it was something. The Giants were kind of hanging on that. Like, look, our defense can bend, but when it comes down to it, we'll make that play by the goal line. We'll hold you to three. And we can win a game if we keep holding you to three, even if you move the football through the 20s. And Brian Dable looked at it again. If I don't get this, if we can hold the three, it's still 10 nothing. Right. Like, we're okay. And, again, the defense couldn't stop anything. The offense couldn't get going at, at all. I mean, nobody played well. There's right. not – the only shining light, the silver lighting, if you will, if you're a Giant fan, at least for me, whenever game ends, right, when you get a playoff game, when you get – when your season's over mm. – after the game is over, we all do the same thing, right? Oh, if they would have just recovered that fumble. Yeah, there was no. Oh, if there was just this play. <laughs> oh, man, if he would have made that yeah. catch, he could have flipped everything. There was nothing. Yeah. Oh, if the Eagles busters didn't show up. That, I yeah. mean, there was nothing from opening kip to the end. There was no shot at any point in that game that you go, if they'd have just made this play, they could have played the game. No. Well, that's could've. why I found it funny that people were, and I was saying this Sunday with Moose, like people were picking on the fourth and eight, and then on his decision to punt in the fourth quarter later on in the game. Like, 
Because people are looking for something to hang on to. Who gives a crap? It made no difference. You're getting on him for punting there? Why? Now, what, again, do you want more embarrassment? Who cares? I was annoyed because you do have to go for it in that spot. But bottom line, did that affect the outcome? No. 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 That had nothing to do with anything. Even if, Look, if you punted, and again, he was punting the ball into the end zone. Awful all season. It made you feel better if they went down the field and went on an 80-yard drive and scored a minute 14 nothing. Make you feel better? You really think the defense would have stopped them if they were at the 20 instead of the 40? Did anybody, did Fleeks hit the money line parlay, by the way? I'm just looking. I think we both did. Oh, you both hit the money line perfect parlay? Right. You had the Giants. Oh, no. I thought it was just the three, and then the Giants was separate. Wait, was it? Did we do that? You had to use all four. Did Marco leave that out of his parlay? Well, he had the Giants money line for sure. Yeah, I did. No, no, no. If that's the case, then I'm wrong. I thought it was... You were taking the the, the giant game, oh, he's right. and then it was the, the three other was the money three just separate, yeah. right? If the other three are separate, then he did win. So then I don't know what the ruling is on that. I think though. So then I was... get I we both get the points for the plus the three parlay. And no, 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 I didn't no, get no, the no. plus three. No, right, you didn't get the plus three. Fleegs gets the plus three. So right, so and the you Giants... get the plus three, and then Marco and I get for you get whatever that separate money, right? Because right. that wouldn't be included, right? I thought right. that's what it was. I mean, I'm not making no, it up. No, you're right? right. We didn't specify, but obviously that's the way we would do it because you wouldn't pick it and then include it in the parlay. No, you're right because you wouldn't pick. Well, why would you get three separate points on right. top of the other ones? That's kind of yeah, what I, I thought. We, I thought it was separate. Right. I don't think we specified that. But right. Do... We, we did actually in the beginning say, well, this is how we're going to do it for when the locals aren't involved, but the local was involved that one more time. So right, I think so we'll we stick leave it with out. the three points for the local and the rest were a parlay. All right. So we leave that out. So then it's interesting. I forgot to check. I was monitoring it and I was like, oh, they had... Uh, you both had the Bengals, which was the key one there. Mm-hmm. Had the the Niners and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that was it, right? Chiefs, Bengals, Niners, right? Because the Eagles right. and Giants wouldn't have mattered in that. But anyway, well, I mean, that's up to you because, like I said, if not, then Fleegs gets no, so twenty three. Right. So Fleegs gets twenty three. Right. Regardless, you, you get twenty, which means Fleegs is at now fifty. You know, sixty one. Right. You had thirty eight. 23-1. Yes, Fleegs is at 61. I get plus three. I am at 80, uh, 81. And you, Marco, hmm. got 20. You are at now 55. Close, so you the, you're closing. You closed the gap on me. We're Fleegs. within range now because of that money line part. Because yeah, of the Bengals. Bad. But that's, that's what I bad. like. That's what I like. I think that's that was the point of doing it. That will be a staple for the postseason because it does add. And by the way, it's not easy to hit. And just when we no longer have to try to swing for the fences and pick all four games to try to get within reach, there aren't four games for us to be that stupid with anymore. (laughs) Three games total. So how are we going to work this now the rest of the way? I mean, I guess we just have to. Uh, I mean, I guess you're going to have to do the parlay with the points, and then you're going to have to do the money line. I mean, Do you want to add over-unders? We're going to have to put something in there. I don't know exactly, but we're going to have three days to figure it out. But, yeah, we should add at least the possible. Maybe you can just take the spread in both games, but – we can think of something that could yeah. be an option. It could just be the totals in each game. Yeah, right. If you add the over-unders, then you could, that comes up with four or whatever. Anyway. Unless uh, we came up, there was a prop that you really liked and you wanted everybody to maybe include that. Good but hit. otherwise, the easiest thing to do is add the, add the totals. Good hit with the money lines. Uh, I got bludgeoned Sunday. Absolutely bludgeoned. I was okay Saturday. The Bills and Cowboys killed me. See, you. the problem was you went into Sunday with hope. Marco and I learned right away from that. <laughs> from the backdoor cover that I said, my only yeah. fear in this game right. is that you're going to get it backdoored with a few seconds That's left, exactly yeah. which is exactly what happened. Yeah. 
we knew right off the bat, all right, well, we can't win the, the big part of the parlay, so let chaos reign. Which I did. don't know about you, but as soon as I forget who it was, went out of bounds on that first down run, I knew that the backdoor cover was going to happen. It was a Chiefs running back. He busted out and got oh, a first yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And instead of just sliding down, he went out of bounds. And I'm like, there it is. There what it is. Went out, right there. Um, all right. Uh, well, let's get an update right now. We'll get back to your call on the other side. 877-337-6666. Literally one call in the first hour plus. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you now, this is the type of stuff that makes me question what I'm doing here. I'll go do TV. I mean, I don't need this stuff. I, I don't want to talk to myself for an hour. Can I, can I yeah. say something and be in the and only the giant, giant fan, fan in the room? Where are you? Where is your, you know what? You know what? One, take accountability and responsibility. You were wrong. Well, so but, was I. But on top of it, either get the frustration out or start looking at next year in the future. Because there's a lot of questions. There's still a lot to do here. That's the what I don't get. Not over. The, like, there's now legitimate debates to be had. Well, Maybe if not over. the quarterback, definitely Saquon Barkley, what you're going to do, how you're going to build a team, are you going to get a wide receiver? There are a ton of good conversations to have about the Giants right now. And where are the Giants fans? Are they scared to have him with Sal, who's just not going to paint sunshine and rainbows right. over no, everything? No, but then take your medicine, yeah. though. I mean, that's, that's just right. the way no, it is. they running high. That's what everybody does. Nah, see, that's And by the way, I wasn't, I wasn't even bad last week. I was kind. If I said what I truly felt... Because I was, I didn't want to anger the fans. I should have just said, just screw it anyway. But I didn't want to anger the fans. I said what I truly felt. I, the Giants had no chance in this game. Come on, you knew that from the beginning. You are not the only host who handled it that way last week, saying, oh, you know what? I keep getting beaten by this team, finding yeah, a way to win off. games I, I don't think they're going to win. So let me just get on their side now. I, JJ and I were talking about that over at SNY. And Moose and I were talking about it a little bit too. Because the Giants have done it before, and I don't want to come across as anti-giant it's very easy to come across that way if, if people know you don't you know didn't grow up a giant fan i'm just being realistic and a lot of fans didn't want the dose of reality but they got it they got it on saturday night and now they don't want to face the music okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.